Come out of sadness from wherever you've been. Come brokenhearted, let rescue begin. Come find your mercy, O oh sinner, come kneel. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. Lay down your burdens, lay down your shame. All who are broken, lift up your face. Lay down your heart, lay down your heart, come as you are. There's hope for the hopeless and all those who strayed. Come sit at the table, come taste the grace. There's rest for the weary, rest that endures. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can cure. So lay down your burdens, lay down your shame. All who are broken, No sorrow that heaven can't heal. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. So lay down your burdens, lay down your shame. All who are broken, lift up your Good morning and welcome to Bethel Lutheran Church this morning or whenever you happen to be listening online. So happy that you could join us for uh, this time of um, singing and praying and listening and meditating and growing. We pray that our worship together is rich and full and that God will come into your homes or wherever you happen to be uh, listening to this service and alight on you and bless you during our time together. Let's begin our worship with the order for confession and forgiveness. 
Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, who forgives all our sin, whose mercy endures forever. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all and also with you. Let us pray. 
that we may live out your impassioned response to the hungry and the poor. That we may live out truth and justice and grace. Let us pray to the Lord. Let us pray to the Lord. Kyrie eleison on our world and on our spirit to guide that you center our lives in the water and the word that you nourish our souls with your body and blood let us pray to the lord let us pray to the lord Kyrie eleison on our world and on our way Let us pray. May the God of life who spoke to the heart of Saul on the road to Damascus speak to us in this place as we gather for worship. Bring our prayer requests and listen to God's word. May we see God's light, follow where we are led, and be used in service for the building up of the church. Amen. Our scriptures for this morning, uh, the first uh, lesson is from the book of Acts, chapter 9, beginning at verse 10. And it is the scripture that I'll be preaching on today, following uh, the work that this uh, congregation has been doing all summer on the book of Acts. And today we will be talking about the second half of Paul's experience where he was uh, struck by light on the road to Damascus, where he was going to arrest uh, the new Christians, the followers of the way, as Jesus said, I am the way. And uh, I will be preaching and talking to you uh, about the man named Ananias, who was sent by God um, to come and pray for Paul, Saul. Both names are correct for him. One is a Roman name, and one is a Greek name, but they are the same name. And that lesson from the book of Luke is about Jesus coming to bring division, which is very interesting considering um, the divided country that we're living in right now. And he talks about um, what it means. I think this, this scripture is about the, the power of the gospel to divide and to unite both. And Jesus is talking about signs that when you see certain things happening, you know that something else is going to be happening. So let's listen now to uh, the reading from the book of Acts, chapter 9, beginning with verse 10. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, he answered, here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street, call straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, 
for he is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before the Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on your way here, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. For several days he was with the disciples in Damascus, and immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogues, saying, He is the Son of God. All who heard him were amazed and said, Is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem among those who invoked this name? And has he not come here for the purpose of bringing them bound before the chief priests? Saul became increasingly more powerful and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Messiah. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from Psalm 82. God stands to charge the divine council assembled, giving judgment in the midst of the gods. How long will you judge unjustly and show favor to the wicked? Save the weak and the orphan, defend the humble and needy. Rescue the weak and the poor, deliver them from the power of the wicked. They do not know, neither do they understand. They wander about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. Now I say to you, you are gods and all of you children of the Most High. Nevertheless, you shall die like mortals and fall like any prince. Arise, O God, and rule the earth, for you shall take all nations for your own. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. The gospel for this morning is from Luke chapter 12. Jesus said, I have come to bring fire on earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to undergo, and what constraint I am under until it is completed. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other, three against two and two against three. They will be divided, father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Jesus said to the crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the West, immediately you say it's going to rain, and it does. And when a south wind blows, you say, oh, it's going to be hot, and it is. You know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? This is the gospel. Well, good morning again. And for those whom I have not met yet, I am Mary Steinweber. I'm a Lutheran pastor and I worship with you guys about once a month when Pastor Amy is uh, away and taking a week off. 
We want to remember her and her family in our prayers today uh, as they travel in Scotland uh, with Ian's family. And we also want to remember in prayer um, those who are struggling with the COVID virus once again. As always, it is a pleasure and a grace to be with you. So let's pray together. Holy and loving God, we are just so grateful that you have such a desire, a deep desire to reach into us and be our teacher. You uh, show us so many things every day. So we pray that we would be alert uh, to the workings of your Holy Spirit, that you would open our eyes, that we might see you clearly and follow you easily. So as we think on your word from the book of Acts today, uh, we pray that you would teach us one thing that we might carry with us and uh, that it would cause us to grow and be nurtured. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, for the first four months when I have preached here, I have preached on the book of Acts. First, before the congregation was studying the book of Acts, I began with Peter and his vision that God gave him to go to Caesarea and to meet with Cornelius and his family. It was a miracle because Cornelius also had the exact same vision only of Peter coming to visit him. And when they found each other and Peter shared the good news of Jesus, Cornelius and his whole household were baptized. And then we heard the scripture from the book of Acts where Peter is in the temple and heals a man who has been lame his whole life. And he went running and leaping and praising God, another miracle. And the next week I was here, we heard about Ananias and his wife, Sapphira, who were not honest with Peter and the disciples who were sharing all that they had in community And we heard of the newborn community who would not be able to withstand the kinds of breach of trust that lying would produce. And we heard about the death of the couple. And today we've heard of another vision, actually two of them, of a man who also shares the same name, Ananias, which by the way means gift of God. Isn't that beautiful? His name means gift of God, which is the meaning of grace. So what does God want to teach us through these refrains of God's action in the newborn church? Vision, obedience, miracle, movement, Ananias, grace. What is it that we are to glean and to take with us into our living faith today? Well, let's begin and start with the lesson uh, for today. So last week, Pastor Charlie was here and spoke about Saul and Paul, who before his encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus was breathing threats against the followers of Jesus. He was breathing them. He was livid. And Pastor Charlie said this, The sense of using the word breathing is that his hatred and embrace of violence against those he saw as blasphemous traitors against God and Israel are as deeply embedded with him as the lungs in which give him breath. He was on a life and death mission, and he planned to go wherever the Christ followers would be found in order to eliminate that threat until Jesus showed up. And today we continue the story that Julie read so beautifully. We enter the story after Saul. Saul is his Roman name and Paul is his Greek name. After Saul has been struck by light and thrown to the ground and he heard a voice like a vision from one he didn't know. Who are you, Lord, he asks. And he hears, I am Jesus, who you persecute. 
you may remember that Paul was struck blind and was then led to the house of Judas in Damascus to recover. So today the passage begins in Damascus where God visited Ananias in a vision. Ananias was in prayer and God came to him. He did not ask, who are you? He said instead, here I am, Lord. He did know who was calling him in prayer. He seems to be no stranger to the Holy One. God then directed him to go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In the vision, Saul has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. This, like Peter's vision, where the Holy Spirit works at both ends, both people receive the vision and both people are prepared for what comes next. Oh dear, Ananias does not want to go. He has no problem trusting his vision, but he does have a problem with what God is asking him to do. Lord, Ananias says, I have heard so much about this man and all the harm he's done to your holy people in Jerusalem. He's come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all of us who call on your name. Saul was a dangerous man, as we have said. He was a Pharisee who was intent on stopping the way of Jesus. He was one of the early church's most hideous villains. He hated anybody who was considered a believer in Jesus. He was hunting them down and he held the coats of those leaders who were killing the followers of Jesus. Even though Saul was relentlessly pursuing believers while he was tracking down believers, God was tracking him down. The spirit was in hot pursuit of Saul. God had an agenda for him. Saul was ready and equipped with papers authorizing him to jail those who follow. And God interrupted his vision. I'm so thankful that we serve a God who does not only pursue nice people. God is so relentless that God seeks out all kinds of people, angry, bitter, stuck up, unforgiving, self-conscious people, liars, as we found a few weeks ago, tired, lost, sick, unhappy people. Our God through Jesus is after every type of person. God needs every kind of testimony. In fact, the sicker we are, the more miraculous is our conversion and the stronger God can be. So let's talk a bit about Ananias, gift of God. We know nothing about him, except that he is a follower of the way, the way of Jesus. We only know that he lives in Damascus and that he had a vision when he was praying. So we know he's a prayer. And we also know Ananias seems to have freedom to talk with God. I know this isn't, I don't think this is safe, he says. Now, he's not the first biblical figure to have a talk with God. Moses, Abraham, Elijah, Isaiah, all men. But I imagine there are a few women who also had a conversation with the Holy One, suggesting that they weren't the right person for the job at hand and who wanted to make a bargain, who said, Could you please send someone else? Ananias is in good company. This isn't safe, he protests. Paul is an evil man. Now the idea of going to him and praying and laying hands on him so that he can get his sight back must sound incredibly dangerous or at least surprising to Ananias. I wonder if he's thinking, you must be kidding. Pray for my enemy? I know Jesus taught that in the Sermon on the Mount, but I don't think he meant this. And what about when he gets his sight back? 
what then will he do to me? It feels much more natural to many of us to rant and demean and insult and dehumanize our enemies rather than to go and pray for them, much less in person. The Holy Spirit is calling Ananias to leave his comfort and enter extreme discomfort. He is obedient. And when God confirms the instructions, he goes and enters the house and says the most grace-filled words in this entire passage, perhaps some of the most grace-filled words in the Bible. Brother Saul. Brother Saul. Well, that about makes me cry. What did it take for Ananias to call Saul brother? Wow. I believe it took the love of God. That love keeps breaking in. That love changed Saul, changed Ananias, and I believe continues to change us. He laid hands on Saul and prayed for him, and the scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he got up. And then he was baptized. Can you get that this is a super miracle? He was so changed in those three days that he was blind, but now he could see. And he wanted to be washed and initiated into the Christian community. Almost like Jesus, three days in the grave and then risen to new life. Now, I think God could have restored sight to Paul without outside intervention. God had, after all, struck the Pharisee blind with no outside help. And yet, God chose to mediate Paul's, Saul's healing and anointing through the human instrument of the person of Ananias. Ananias played out a parable of grace, became grace. Saul's blinding was accomplished by God alone, but Saul's healing had to be done in the context of community. Saul hoped to imprison Ananias, and yet it is Ananias who came and set Paul free. What a story. Saul has been transformed. His spiritual blindness fell from his eyes like scales so that he saw the Lord Jesus and followers of the way in a totally different light. He was baptized as a public expression of his desire to accept Jesus as his Lord and Savior, to have his sins washed away and walk in the way of Jesus for the rest of his life. This is an astounding turnaround. Like Saul, Ananias also has grown in grace in his understanding that there is no one beyond God's reach. Interestingly, this is what Peter figured out after his vision of Cornelius, that God shows no partiality, that scales have fallen from his eyes as well. He learned that even one who was an enemy and a threat could become a brother in Christ or sister. Now, I wonder if Ananias could have understood what he had been a part of. Could he have seen the broader picture that two-thirds of the New Testament is written by Saul, Paul? His theology has set millions of people free. He pushed the new community, the new Christian community, to reach out beyond the Jewish community into the Gentile world, which most of us are. He proclaimed that there is nothing we can do to make God love us and nothing we can do that can separate us from God's love. Grace. What is the ripple effect of Ananias' faithfulness? 
You know about the ripple effect? Yes, it, it comes from the idea that if you throw a stone in a body of water, it sends ripples out and out and out. Not sure when or where it stops. Orthopedic surgeon Mary Neal was rafting in her kayak on a river in Chile. And she went over some steep rapids and her kayak got caught between some large boulders. She couldn't get out of the kayak because the water was coming down upon her. Now, she wasn't really a believer in God, but she remembered a phrase from the Lord's Prayer, Thy will be done. She was pretty certain that she was going to die in this kayak. She prayed that prayer over and over, thy will be done, thy will be done, thy will be done. And as she prayed, she found herself lifted from the kayak and taken to another land where she was warmly welcomed, where she was received by a being that was all love. And part of her afterlife experience was seeing her life before her. It wasn't linear, she says, not a timeline, but more like a ripple. I could see the ripple effect of what I had done 25 times out. She wrote a book called Death on the River, where she discusses her life review and explains that no event or words in her life were seen in isolation but were starkly in terms of their unseen ripple effects. She saw the impact of her words and her actions on others dozens of times removed from where the ripple began, and she understood that every human interaction has a far more significant effect than we can possibly imagine with our limited vision and insight. The effects of words and actions that express love and kindness toward another person appeared in the life review as amplified feelings of joy and gratitude and appreciation by the recipients and others. What we say and what we do has broader meaning than we know. I once ran into a former patient of mine I'm a marriage and family therapist who I hadn't seen for maybe 10 years. It was around or near my 60th birthday. And she asked how I was. And I honestly said, well, I'm a little disappointed. I've now turned 60 and I thought by now I might have helped change the world. And she said to me, oh, but you have helped to change so many worlds. Her words were impactful words of grace. We do not know the ripple effect of what we are, of what we are, of who we are, what we do, and how we love. This part of scripture from Acts is so beautiful. I picture God's holy hands holding the whole episode from beginning to end. It'd be like bookends. The end is actually a new beginning. Is this our call as well? Can we be open to going to anyone that the Holy One directs us to as an instrument of grace? Can we be that instrument of grace? Both Saul and Ananias were pushed to see in a new way. And they were led by God through Jesus to a fresh perspective that absolutely transformed their lives and in turn rippled to millions of other lives. Pastor Amy in her last sermon said, the spirit is not confined to what we think is going to happen. And I add, or by the limits of our imagination. Praise be to God. Amen.
wisdom and thou my true word i ever with thee and thou with me lord thou my soul shelter thou my high tower raise thou me heavenward o power of my power I heed not nor vain empty praise Thou mine inheritance Thou and always Thou and Thou only first in my heart Great God of heaven my treasure I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. O oh God, open our hearts to your power, moving around us and between us and within us, until your glory is revealed in our love of both friend and enemy, in communities transformed by justice and love and compassion, and in the healing of all that is broken. Amen. Let us pray together the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
Go now in peace, love, and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. you are with full and endless sight. 